0: It is time once again for the Wise Home Energy Show here on the WYSL stations,
1: and right here in the studio we have. Yeah,
0: that's it, Jeff Flaherty from Wise Home
1: energy. energy. Bob, thank you so much. I'm so glad you allowed me back into the studio. <laughs> I uh, you. I'm always shocked that you let me back behind the microphone. Usually we we check the silverware after you leave just to make sure that it's all still there. I don't blame you. I don't blame. You. It's conductive, and you know, conductive is part of the energy process. And Look so at that! See what you did there. We're always Very clever. We're always talking energy. So, uh, you know what? We're kind of getting out of uh, the winter season, and. Uh, Uh, Soon the home shows are coming up. So you'll see Wise Home Energy in in the Buffalo and Rochester home shows. So we'd love to have our listeners stop by uh, and and tell us. They, They hear us on the show to give us any insight, if we can improve anything. Uh, on the show, we, we always want to um, you know hear from our, our listeners and our satisfied clients. So just want to throw that out there, stop by and see us. Oh, by the way, uh, if you're just discovering the show for the first time, which could be the case, because
0: this is going to be your first show on the big new 27,000-watt signal. Uh, and we are reaching out there towards Buffalo pretty far and uh, way down to the southern tier northern Pennsylvania and as far as Corning the near reaches of Elmira. So if you're hearing us for the first time, by all means, let us know and call uh, Jeff at Wise Home Energy. And that phone number is
1: 585-270-5836.
0: Love to hear from you. Always love new listeners. And uh, so... Now, welcome aboard.
1: Thank you. It's good. You know, it's great to get that far reach. We've been excited to, you know, hear about WYSL expanding out that reach. So it's uh, good to hear. And that's the, that's our uh, service area. So uh, what's not in our service area is Saratoga. Uh, just recently, we went to Saratoga for the Clean Energy Conference and uh, was doing a couple presentations up there. Uh, our general manager also did a presentation on indoor air quality. So Uh, not only do we fix houses locally here, but we try to spread the word on how to properly do that. And um, one of the sessions that I did was uh, on uh, why work fails. So some of the homes we go into, we see all the things we talk about on the show, uh, insulation and uh, HVAC. And I really did a class on how these can be installed and not done right. And not only do they fail, uh, so they were kind of a waste of money. They can make things worse. So that was that was one session. It was um, a great experience and well attended. And another session I did was uh, how to treat Cape Cod. So we've certainly talked about Cape Cod style houses on the show, and there's a few different ways you can treat them. And uh, when I was creating the proposal or the presentation, I I said I need to find out uh, really in detail. Uh, how to show the thermal conductive losses of these homes sounds kind of boring, but hey, don't we want to know if we're buying the best? Shouldn't we prove that we're getting the best? And so, uh, luckily, I have a local expert uh, in our area. We have a local expert in our area by the name of Matt Bowers. He's the director of uh, building science at the Oros Group, and uh, Matt worked up some detailed uh, thermal conduction loss models, and I was able to really show the the attendees how these different approaches work and, uh, the nice thing is we, uh, you know, Matt Matt truly has a unique scale. So Matt built his home that has a leakage rate of 47 cubic foot per minute. So similar to what normally what we see, if we think in terms of milk, like many homes we see are like a gallon of milk, right? And Wise Home Energy is trying to get them down to maybe uh, 8, 10, 12, 16 ounces. Matt, really, his leakage is like a shot glass. That's That was how tight that home is. It's so... Uh, incredible what he's done and not only is it tight but it performs and so touting matt's skill is is one thing but we're excited that matt we have here in the studio so i'm going to probably let him uh you know describe his bio better because it's longer than i can ever uh you know detail but he's a certified certified passive house designer and he's also a naval nuclear engineer. So, How uh, cool is that? Those are two uh, things that really stand out to me. But You can without... line your home with plutonium. Yes. So. Without further ado, we have Matt Bowers. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. How are you guys today? Oh, we're having fun. We're... Great.
0: If I
2: were any better, there'd be two of me. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, well, Jeff, thanks so much for that introduction um, yeah, so like jeff said i 'm a certified passive house designer, and a lot of you out there might be wondering well what what is a passive house and um passive house isn 't necessarily a prescriptive path, okay passive house is very much performance based So when we're getting into passive house design, we want to make sure that we have optimal levels of insulation. We have uh, adequate, optimized indoor air quality ventilation rates. We want to make sure that there's no thermal bridges in the house. And we want to make sure that it's super, super airtight. Um, And all of this needs to be designed into the house. It doesn't just happen by accident. Right. You, I'm sure if you're driving down the road and you see a, a, standard code level built house going up, um, you know, it might look great and you might be looking at the overhangs and, and the front porches and things like that. Um, but if you're a, a trained professional like Jeff or myself, when you're driving down the road and you see some of those things, you just start shaking your head and, uh, you just kind of, you know, earmark that and say, well, I'll be getting a call from them in about three or four weeks That's after right. they move in. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot, to passive house design um but what we're targeting typically is the ability to heat your house with roughly a hairdryer's worth of energy um and so many times when we get into that low level of heating energy that's required for the house um We need to get a little bit more creative with what our heating and cooling solution is. Obviously, a forced air natural gas furnace is going to be a little bit too big uh, for what we need. Um, So usually we're, we're, you know, uh, prescribing some sort of air source heat pump system. You know, depending on the size of the house, we might look to geothermal, but for the most part, geothermal systems are going to be too big for a, a passive house as well. Um, but we're designing in high levels of insulation. So, for a standard code built house today, we're probably looking at about a six inch thick wall with cavity insulation. Um, If you get into maybe an Energy Star house, or even if you're targeting like a net zero level performance house, um, you might get into maybe an R30 wall, which would be a two by six wall with maybe an inch or two of of continuous insulation on the outside. Um, But because Passive House is performance based, usually we're looking at around an R40 to an R60 wall, which can be upwards of over a foot thick. Um, and so that's being filled with insulation and, and being a mechanical engineer. I know that moving things break, right? Mm-hmm. Mechanical pieces break. Uh, and and that's why there are a lot of mechanical engineers out there because we need to fix them. <laughs> um, but insulation doesn't break. Uh, insulation and air tightness are typically a long-term solution. And if you're going to build a new house that's going to have a lifespan of 50 to 100 years, um, you might as well do it right right off of the bat. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you find, Matt, that um, – so,
1: so does the process start with really people have this design in mind and say, this is where I want to go. I'm going to call Matt and have him and his team design the house for me.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you want to – you want to engage a passive house professional as early in the process as you can. Um, We can make just about any design, a passive house design, but usually the first thing that we want to do is some sort of design optimization. Um, Passive house was, is, is a more or less a reverse engineered building. And and I say passive house, single family houses absolutely can be passive houses. But we can also look at passive house hospitals and we can look at passive house car dealerships and passive house museums and and schools. And, and, you know, you name your usage type, there's probably a passive house building of that sort throughout the world. Um, But it's really important to engage the passive house designer up front just really because there are some things that we would like to do to the design to make it more efficient and then end up costing less in the long run to build. Um, you know, simple shapes always make things easier from an insulation perspective, from a thermal bridge perspective, from an air tightness perspective, right? A square is probably the easiest form to, to make it work. i not saying that you can't build a house the shape of a cross, just going to make things a little bit more challenging for for everybody and you know as much as we like our views um in the finger lakes here there are very few views of the lake right that are to the south right so south you know we we typically want to design our our buildings using some sort of passive solar techniques where we've got south facing windows so that we can capture as much of that solar energy as we can. Um but I'm also a realist and understand that 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 isn't always possible. So there are certainly things that we want to you know we want to work through as a as a design team to optimize your design. Nice. So when
1: when we build a house like that Um, People would think, so 30 years ago, people tried to build these super insulated homes and they found that they kind of rotted out and and they had problems. What kind of uh, techniques do you use to to ward that off?
2: Yeah. So I I, kind of started talking a little bit about the history of Passive House. Why don't I start there? Um, So back in the 70s, we started seeing some super insulated houses uh, in the U.S. here, right? The oil embargo energy was getting really expensive. Um, and so people started super insulating their homes in an attempt to save energy and stay comfortable, right? Um, because any house can be a net zero house if you just flip the breaker off and turn off the furnace, right? right. But comfort, turns out, is, uh, is kind of important when it comes to uh, your, your home as well. And so um, what happened in the 90s was a German physicist decided to reverse engineer his building using some of the lessons learned from the the homes, the super insulated homes here in the States, and um, decided to optimize his, his building's ventilation rate, right? So we're going to bring fresh air in from the outside, and we want to find out what that optimal rate of – of fresh air is going to be. And that is now going to be the only uh, allowable heating source for the for the house. OK, so a typical home is going to require about a 100 CFM of fresh air continuously bring, being brought into the house. And so that amount of air only has the capacity to hold so much heat. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that 100 CFM, we're going to heat it up to 120 degrees, and we're going to distribute that throughout the house. Now we're getting outdoor air being brought in, but we only have a certain amount of energy. Now what we need to do is reverse engineer our building to meet that amount of heat, okay? And so that kind of spawned into the the whole passive house idea. Now when we um, – how do I want to say this? Uh, when we're designing our houses to make sure that they're not going to rot out from the inside, um, there, there are two aspects that we want to pay really, really close attention to. The first is obviously indoor air quality. We want to make sure that um, the occupants are going to have the optimal indoor air quality. And indoor air quality is going to be bringing in fresh air from the outside, Uh, We also want to make sure that we're exhausting all of the the stale, stinky air from within the house to the outside. And in our climate, what we really want to focus on is um, heat recovery of that air. So we're going to bring the five-degree air in the winter in, and we're going to expel the 60 or 70-degree air from the house, and we're going to recover maybe about 85 percent of that heat. Uh, and 60 to 70% of the humidity because dry air is also really, really critical to pay attention to. Um, so we're going to first make sure that there's optimal indoor air quality. And then we also want to make sure that there are no cold spots within the house that are going to result in condensation and mold and mildew growth. Okay? So we certainly want to um, – you know, eliminate when that, that's – those are results of thermal bridges so there's no cold spots in the house. And we also want to build with uh, good materials, right? And and the best analogy uh, that I've heard on this is um, if your pet uses the litter box, right – um, it's going to smell in the house. Yeah. You don't open up the windows to get the smell out, right? You remove the smell. Yeah. So building with good materials that give off low VOCs that are healthy materials to be to be breathing are where we want to start. We don't want to use maybe they're in, more inexpensive materials um, and then have to f- be forced to use more ventilation than, than is required. Excellent.
1: Excellent. So um, so just taking a break there, uh, we are speaking with Matt Bowers, Director of Building Science with the uh, Oros Group. Do you want to give your contact information if anybody wants to get a hold of you to discuss uh, in more detail passive houses?
2: Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, my email address is matthew.bowers, B-O-W-E-R-S, at orosgroup.com. And that is spelled A-U-R-O-S-G-R-O-U-P. The Oros Group is uh, located in Pittsburgh. Obviously, I'm working remotely here in Rochester. Um, And my phone number, if anybody wants to reach out to me, is area code 585-750-8192. We do focus on Uh, Single family passive house designs. We focus on commercial buildings, commercial deep energy retrofits, Um, you know, uh, really any kind of usage type of building uh, is something that we've got experience in one way or the other. Excellent,
1: excellent. So uh, again, this is Jeff Flaherty with Wise Home Energy five eight five two seven zero fifty eight thirty six. It's the Wise Home Energy show. That's right. So we, uh, it's interesting. We we specialize in in retrofitting older homes and in so times we get calls uh, that our people are looking for something uh much more in that design of the the passive house so we we just refer them off to matt and uh and feel confident and know that we put them and uh put them on the path to the right direction and uh it's pretty neat so there's always a different niche right there's a, there's a different um uh you know not no no menu is perfect for everybody so uh when, when somebody wants that high-end design uh matt's the person to call and so matt um on the on the the passive house design, when you you described a little bit of the heating and cooling and the fresh air, do once you build this home, is there moisture considerations in the home? Do you have to dehumidify, and do you decide before or after the home is built?
2: That, that's that's a great question. Um, so there's a special modeling software that we use called the Passive House Planning Package, and what we do is we model the whole house. Uh, We modeled the R values of all the walls, the U values of all the windows, um, the orientation, the climate data, the heating and cooling system efficiency, the ventilation flow rates, all of those things. And the outputs of that are going to tell us things such as – Um, What's going to be the average humidity inside the house over the course of a month or over the course of a year? So uh, once we've modeled the house, maybe as designed, we can come up with some suggestions as to the the things that we see as the outputs of the model that we can uh, further uh, optimize Okay, maybe that's making the windows slightly bigger. Maybe that's rotating the house 10 degrees. Maybe that's increasing the ventilation rate or decreasing the ventilation rate slightly to just to make sure that we're tuned in with um, maintaining the, the optimal uh, comfort level within the house. And I, I'm, I, I've used the word comfort now a couple times. Um, comfort is more than temperature. Usually that's that's what people are are looking for, right, is they just want the right temperature in their house. That's that's like the baseline. Um, But passive house is more than that level of comfort. It's uh, we want to maintain optimal humidity levels inside the house because uh, viruses and and things like that, as we've learned throughout the the pandemic here, um, can uh, are. struggle to survive in the humidity levels that we actually find the most comfortable, right? Between 40% and 60%. So we want to maintain the house not only at 68 degrees, but we want to maintain the humidity level at the right level. Uh, We also aren't going to have any cold surfaces in the house. So all of the surfaces within a passive house are within 6 degrees of each other. So you don't get cold drafts. You don't feel cold when you're sitting next to a window Um, And another aspect of comfort that a lot of people tend to ignore until it becomes an issue is noise. Okay, maybe you live next to a hospital, right? And you hear the the sirens coming in and out of, uh, you know, or or near a a fire station. Or maybe you've just got noisy neighbors who have lots of dogs, right? Um, Within a passive house, because it's so insulated and airtight, you don't hear those noises outside of the house, OK. Um, and so the, the noise level within a passive house also plays into the whole comfort aspect of of being within a, a high performance passive house.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So everybody always wants to know what carrots exist. So besides from the uh, low operating cost, is the, does the government give any tax credits to build a home like this? Um, so tax credits
2: come and go. Ooh. um And so, first, let's let's talk about the low operating cost. You, you you just you just mentioned that. So the house that I live in is roughly twenty eight hundred square feet. It's in Honeyway Falls, um, and I, I've given tours of it and, and everything else. Um, I've got five kids and a wife and uh, and myself, and I I work out of the home. Um, and our annual heating bill. And it's it's all electric, right? And we're not we don't have geothermal or anything else. Our annual heating bill is about two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, that's great, astonishing. So that's so my monthly bill, <laughs> yeah. And and so that I mean now, now I did say that that is my heating bill. Yeah. Um, my overall energy bill is with is right around a thousand dollars a year, uh, and that's inclusive of of everything that we're using from hot water to air conditioning to um heating and cooling so that's that's the level that we're talking about in terms of of energy efficiency now there are tax credits there's a there's a 45l tax credit out there for for new builds but the performance to get to that tax credit level is only and i say only it's it's still a stretch for a lot of builders um is energy star certification okay um and there are a lot of incentives out there on the carbon markets and in the, um, you know, in the commercial tax credit and tax deduction realm that are out there to do, high, you know, buildings that are higher performing than uh, than your standard lead building. Okay.
1: And now in the multifamily, do they have any uh, programs for that? It seems I see a lot of multifamily trying to go this way Yeah. Route.
2: Multifamily is really the sweet spot for Passive House because as the buildings get bigger, you actually need less insulation. So as we're talking about maybe a 16-inch thick wall for a single-family house, a multifamily building, a 40-unit, 50-unit building might only need the R30 wall. Okay. And there's certainly – uh, there's certainly an energy savings um, from the tenants and, and, and everything else. Now, the, the tax credits are similar, but there are some larger tax credits out there um, and, uh, and other incentives for, for larger multifamily buildings for sure. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, Matt, we're kind of getting close to the end. If you want to give your contact information again. Yeah, sure. So, uh, again, my name is Matt Bowers. I'm the Director of Building Science at the Oros Group. Uh, my phone number is 585-750-8192. If you have any questions uh, about Passive House or maybe you're thinking about designing a new house, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can also reach me at my email address, which is uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, dot Bowers, B-O-W-E-R-S, at orosgroup.com, uh, A U R O S Group. Okay, I got a question.
0: Sure. <laughs> well, actually, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> we only got four minutes left in the program, though. But the first one is, how come I have never heard of this concept before? I mean, uh, I'm attuned to the media. We're in the media business, and th- this is revolutionary, startling news—an annual heating bill of two hundred and fifty dollars.
2: Yeah, um, it's it's doable. There, it's the the passive house movement i guess i would call it is very much a grassroots movement um, and different designers and architects and, and engineers uh you know will will get together and uh, talk about projects that we're currently working on but it hasn't reached i would say mainstream because there's a lot of resistance from uh the the building community to change things up, and the demand just hasn't been there for the training that's been required. But why would that be? I mean, the the the, 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 pass, the I'm sorry, passive house, right? Passive house. A passive house still needs to be built,
0: yep. so building trades are still required. So, what difference does it make to them if they build a passive house or uh, you know the usual stick build? <laughs>
2: They they don't know how to sell it. They don't know the benefits of it, and people aren't asking for it because they don't know about it either. So it's more it's more or less one of the you know chicken or the egg. What's going to come first here? Are the, are the builders going to know how to build it and try to sell it, or are the people going to be asking for it and the builders are going to try to figure out how to put them together? Yeah
1: yeah it 's really neat and and Matt used to uh you know years ago after he built his home he would give tours and uh, so it 's I toured the house in in and, and met Matt a few years later so uh, yeah. it was it 's really neat to see uh how it performs and in just all the benefits everything 's been thought about of of those different critical areas of durability sustainability. Comfort, health and safety and energy usage. It it's all comes together, but it's a thought out process. It's a plan. Uh similar to when we're retrofitting a home. Uh it's tough to fix it after it's done. So you, you want to really think about it beforehand, make the plan and 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 go forward and do it right. So like I said before, we'll be at the home shows um, in Buffalo and Rochester. So if you want to stop by or uh drop a drop a line to us when we're there and uh we'll get you in contact with Matt if uh you're looking for for you know making the best house you can make if you're in the in the design uh build stage so um and then Wise Home Energy uh we are doing the retrofits and uh it's amazing the reviews that we've gotten recently on on Google it is just uh it's so rewarding that the team is committed to to getting out there, and all parts of the team. There are a lot of moving parts, and uh, everybody's committed to to really rocking it out. And in what I learned at the conference in Saratoga. When I said the size of the equipment we were putting in, it was sounded like a mutiny. People said I was gonna, you know, freeze people, and I just said, "Well, the data's there. I don't get the calls. I, I'm probably <laughs> right. if they make smaller equipment, I'd probably still put it in." So, <laughs> proof, well. proof of the pudding and all that. Uh, well, Matt,
0: thanks so much for stopping by. Fascinating, and uh, you should uh, uh, if you just tuned in late. Catch this podcast at WYSL1040.com. You want to hear this. You've been listening to the Wise Home Energy Show. Always informative, always entertaining, and sometimes, like today, amazing.
1: Amazing. Amazing.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Flaherty. Give him your uh, contact number one more time
1: 585-270-5836. Stay warm and comfy. See you next time on Wise Home Energy.